It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Well, welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. 1065 Toronto, 957 in Ottawa. And you can also listen on the iHeartRadio app. Download the app, type in the coordinates, and take us with you anywhere you go. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show. Leonard Sumner. Now, he is a name familiar to us here at Element FM because, of course, we play uh, some of his songs, uh, Dreamcatcher being one of those songs. And it's a pleasure to have uh, Leonard on the show because he is, of course, the uh, recipient of a recent award. And so it's a pleasure to have him here talking about that as well as other things with us here on the show today. And so he is the SOCAN Foundation uh, Indigenous Songwriter of the Year Award, which was presented by the Indigenous Music Awards. So it's a pleasure to have uh, Leonard here on the show, as I say. And Leonard, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Leonard, you're now based in uh, Manitoba and in Winnipeg, but you are originally from uh, Little Saskatchewan First Nation in Manitoba. Yeah, that's where I grew up uh, on the res. Spent uh, most of my life there and until I needed to go to grade 11 and 12, mm. which uh, I moved to, to Peguis, Manitoba, mm. which is a, a bigger reserve. Right. Uh, graduated from high school there and moved back to Little Saskatchewan. And I lived there for a few years and I went to Assiniboine Community College in Brandon, Manitoba after a couple of years living on the res. And I went and got a diploma in media production. Oh, uh, media production. So did you study anything particular in that area while in media? There was a lot of uh, news gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was mostly basically training you to to become uh, fluent in, in news production. Mm. And of course, there's many elements that are uh, required for that writing, mm-hmm. journalism, yep. uh, knowing how to interview, also learning how to use the equipment. And uh, they teach you in the analog format first. So yeah. you learn on stuff from like the 1960s and 70s, which was <laughs> kind of pretty cool. It is. Because you you, you gain a respect for uh, how it used to be done. Yeah. But now you realize how easy it is because all you need is a phone these days and you can pretty much do everything. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but but like you said, it is fun to learn and to know about the earlier technologies that preceded what we have today, right in our hands. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was a great it was a great um, stepping stone for mm. a music career. Actually, mm. I didn't realize I was going to be using a lot of those skills I learned in, in college as a musician because I'm I'm often the one in front of the camera now, mm-hmm. whereas before I used to be the one behind the camera. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that um, because I was also thinking, as you say, you were studying media. Is that something you had an interest in at the time or was it just something that you you thought uh, because of the, the technology involved that there might be something that you could uh, utilize at some point in your future? Honestly, I went there because I wanted to learn how to record audio because I was mm-hmm. interested in recording music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't really know how to make music at the time. So I figured, mm-hmm. like, maybe if I learn how to produce music or, you know, like record it, then I can be a part of the music uh, business. Uh-huh. And uh, eventually I kind of just uh, learned, taught myself how to play guitar and taught myself how to write songs. And, you know, I got better and better over time. And then, you know, I started taking different uh, programs that were offered to uh, to learn uh, music through uh, a, 
a, a place called Manitoba Music here in, in um, based mm. in Winnipeg. Mm. And uh, that I learned a lot through going through those programs that uh, they had a, it was called the Aboriginal Music Program. It was run by Alan Gray Eyes at the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so I, I, I used to go to the AMP camps and stuff like that. And that's where I built a lot of confidence in, in uh, my skills as a musician. Mm. I remember the AMP camp. Yeah. You said you taught yourself how to play guitar and write songs. So uh, would you say you started late in the music sort of side of things in terms of the, the writing and, and starting to get to, to know that kind of stuff? Well, I started writing as a teenager. I was about 13 or 14. I started writing raps, uh, just listening to instrumentals and stuff like that. I would download instrumentals on mm. uh, on Napster and uh, LimeWire, mm. and uh, I would uh, I would write raps to uh, some of those songs. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of I learned how to write earlier, but then I kind of put it away. I was freestyling a lot in hip hop, mm. and at the same time, I was singing karaoke and stuff like that, and entering talent shows on mm. different reserves. Uh, on that's kind of where I, I learned how to to perform on stage was just treaty day talent shows. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of, it kind of was a natural progression for me. You know, I, I started doing hip hop when I was in my teens and then I was always singing country along the same way. Mm. And then once I taught myself how to learn how to play guitar, I started mixing some of the poetry that I had written into uh, the chords that I had learned. Mm. And uh, it was just cowboy chords, you know, G, C, D, the, mm -hmm. the basic three chords that everybody learns at the beginning mm -hmm. and a basic strum pattern. And I kind of just went from there. Everything kind of naturally progressed. And, uh, you know, here we are, you know, some 10, 11, 12 years later or something like that. And uh, now I've built a, a life and a career out of music. Yeah, congratulations to you on that front. So when you started to see uh, or started to write this and your early influence, uh, the, the country stuff that was, that was there, um, when you said that, I, I sort of got this feeling that something melded for you in those days that that you saw this sort of a a link between the the rap the hip-hop the country that allowed you to flow that stuff and, and pull it all together yeah it, it was it was really natural progression for me because you know all of our our generations are influenced by pop culture mm -hmm. right and that's mm -hmm. the one thing that we don't really acknowledge for older generations that grew up listening to country music is mm -hmm. that's you know, that's influence of pop culture. Mm. And so when hip hop started coming around, you know, people were influenced by that young people such as myself. And I do, I do believe it was filling the void of culture that, that comes in a lot of our reserves mm. because where I was from, there was a lot of Christianity and there right. was no culture. Mm. There was language, but right. um, it wasn't identified to any ceremonies or anything like mm. that. So I feel like there was definitely a void that I was trying to fill growing up which I filled with the, the culture of hip hop um, because I used to read magazines and it's, it would say on, on the, on the magazine, the culture of hip hop <laughs> and that's the way of life, you know? And mm -hmm. so like, I was like, okay, like maybe this is something I can use because I didn't really know how to identify as an Anishinaabeg teenager. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of our, all of our, our community was basically under a Christian influence at that time. So, you know, I didn't really know who I was. Mm -hmm. And so hip hop, I feel like, really filled the void of that. But I also grew up listening to a lot of country and oldies music. So mm -hmm. there was also that as well, you know, but there was the new influence of that pop culture of hip hop that was infiltrating, uh, especially marginalized communities, because we can identify with the things that they were talking about. Mm. The little Saskatchewan First Nation, although in Manitoba, uh, whereabouts is it located? 
It's uh, in the heart of the interlake. So there's two, what they call inland oceans. So two huge lakes, Lake Winnipeg right. and Lake Manitoba. And uh, we are connected to both of those waterways mm. via the Fairford River and the Dauphin River and Lake St. Martin, which mm. is we're on the shores of Lake St. Martin. Mm. That's where the community is, about two and a half hours north of Winnipeg. Okay. And, and how many uh, people live there roughly? Uh, it's been fluctuating. Um, there, there was a very big housing shortage for a long time. So a lot of people left the community. It's very hard to, to build mm. houses. There's mm. not proper you know, infrastructure in place okay. to, to put new houses. But in 2011, uh, the, com- the community went down in population as a result of a, a flood, mm. an intentional flood by the, the government of Manitoba that uh, had uh, most of our community evacuated. Mm. And so in, in the past 11 years, they've been building new houses uh, on the reserve. And I honestly don't know what number we're at. I would say probably about maybe five or 600 on reserve right now and mm. maybe about 1,500 registered. Right, right. Yeah, okay. All right, sounds good. Now, of course, as I mentioned off the top, uh, we here at Element FM play uh, some of your songs, uh, Dreamcatcher being one of them. That's off your latest album, Thunderbird, is it not? Yeah, that's off the new album, Thunderbird. And that dropped in uh, March, I believe, that album. March 3rd. That's yeah. uh, my baby girl's first birthday. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because from all the pictures that I see uh, posted online and stuff, you look like that's uh, a pretty important uh uh, change in your life being a father you look pretty proud absolutely you know uh, in 20, 2019 uh, my mom passed away mm. and uh, what I've been told from you know from people listening to elders is that the creator never leaves a, an empty space never leaves a <laughs> void mm. always fills it with something mm. and you know we were blessed with uh, our daughter less than a year after my mom had passed away mm. and so we named her Isabella Gijiguayabic uh, after both of her grandmothers, mm. uh, my, like uh, off of uh, my, my wife Tasha's mom, is mm. is her spirit name, and then my mom's name was Isabella. Mm. And her spirit name was Odawe uh, Benethi, which is uh, like a golden thunderbird or a brown thunderbird mm. in our in our dialect. Mm. And so that's kind of like that where it all ties in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the album was named Thunderbird after my late mother. Mm. And then it was, in, it was uh, inspired uh, because... She was my biggest fan, and I knew I needed to do something. And a lot of people have been asking me to make a hip-hop album for a few years because that's where I started out in in music. So I wanted to deliver that to the people who had been requesting it. And, you know, and my baby just came at the the very beginning before this pandemic hit. And so that first year we spent with her, first year and a half, we never really seen too many people. Mm. But she fills the void that was left by my mother. And of course, I'm still grieving heavily over that. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, like she's such a blessing and we're very, we're very blessed to have this baby in our life where, you know, she's so amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, congratulations. And, and thanks very much for sharing that story. And uh, mm-hmm. sorry for your loss, your mom, to hear about that. Thank you. Now, uh, so the new album, uh, Dreamcatcher, was that the first single off that album? The first single was Pieces, which okay. we released a video for mm-hmm. in uh, February of 2020. Okay. And I, I had intended to release the album in 2020 mm-hmm. because I took 2019 off as a result of my, you know, my mm-hmm. grieving process. Sure. And I was intending to come back and, and release an album and tour it in 2020. And then, of course, you know, the pandemic hit and we had the baby. So it was nice to be uh, actually home with the baby for 
her entire life. Yeah. Like, it was a beautiful yeah. thing because normally I'm on the road going places and yeah. rushing around trying to get from A to B. Right. But I was a, I was just at home and I felt very peaceful at home with her for the most part, you know, as, as peaceful as you can be in, yeah. in a, a world pandemic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the, the Dreamcatcher was the second single that we released. And it was uh, actually the only song on the album that was created uh, with the producer in Montreal together. Everything else was done that I had written prior to going to Montreal to record. And I recorded the album with David Hodges, yep. who runs a Norwegian program mm -hmm. in, uh, out of Montreal. Okay. And uh, he works with First Nations youth across Canada. But uh, the cool thing was that um, we actually worked together about, I would say, maybe 12 years ago on my very first EP, which was called Res Poetry, which was a rap EP, <laughs> which preceded the Res Poetry album. And he produced uh, like 80% of the tracks on there. And he was a featured guest on one of the songs. This uh, is before he started Norwegian on. Wow. And in, the, in that time, our lives kind of paralleled in different ways because he began, he began working with First Nations youth after that. And I began a career in music shortly after that. Mm. And so uh, it was about, you know, here 11, 12 years later, and he was having his first baby. <laughs> and also my wife was pregnant. And so like, it was like, we just kind of talked and said, you know what, man, we should make an album together. And uh, I flew to Montreal and we we actually recorded some of it in the hotel room because there was a, a power outage in Montreal the day that I landed. They had a big ice storm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we had to set up a makeshift studio inside uh, one of the hotel rooms that I was staying in. But uh, you wouldn't be able to hear it on the album. We had it mixed. Uh, we mixed it ourselves in Montreal and oh, then yeah. we had it mastered yeah. by... Um, Mike, uh, what is his last name? Mike Bozy, based out of Los Angeles. Okay. And he uh, he actually has mastered albums for Kendrick Lamar, Tupac, Dr. Dre. He mastered songs for all of the West Coast legends that I really appreciate their music. Mm. And so that's a cool tie into this album to say that it was mastered by somebody that worked with those, those yeah. legendary artists. Yeah, for sure. Catcher in the rise, set my soul on fire. Let it burn with desire for the apple of my eye. My heart's on the line, let it roll, let it ride. Got my mind on the prize, the apple of my eye. Let me say, I first saw you and you caught my attention like a river's movement. Smooth and swift, yet dangerous, but beautiful. So you gain my trust, cause I'm so weak and I'm so tempted. I can barely speak when your name gets mentioned. And when I see you, my world collapses, my heart's in control and my mind relaxes. So my actions are fueled by passion, consumed by the fumes that spark attraction. There's a boom in the room that the magic happens. Slow move to the tunes, got the music blasting. Well, I'm not a man of faith, but I'm a faithful man. So take my heart if you take my hand. I don't need a lot of things to make life feel grand. Hey, take my heart if you take my hand. Yeah, I'm not a man of faith, but I'm a faithful man. So take my heart if you take my hand. I don't need a lot of things to make life feel grand. Hey, take my heart if you 
take my hand I'm influenced by drum beats and guitars The streets and the stars Straight from the rares And I speak from the heart Created beauty from the bleak and the dark Heart to start It was far from a walk in the park But the spark that was made Continued to blaze I put my pen to the page And set out to amaze With some cowboy chords and niche Not big ways I went from locked in a fade Now I'm rocking the braids Setting the pace with the clock Tick tocking away There ain't no stopping the days And no walking away Haven't prayed so I don't expect an answer today For the questions in my mind That'll rattle my brain So that'll remain Till I'm mad at the game Have snap with a pan And a bottle of gin Kitchen my dude Do you wonder why I battle within Searching for truth Where the journey begins yeah. Well I'm not a man of faith But I'm a faithful man So take my heart If you take my hand I don't need a lot of things To make life feel grand Hey Take my heart if you take my hand Yeah, I'm not a man of faith, but I'm a faithful man So take my heart if you take my hand I don't need a lot of things to make life feel grand Hey, take my heart if you take my hand Dream catcher in the eye, set my soul on fire Let it burn with desire for the apple of my eye My heart's on the line, let it roll, let it ride Got my mind on the prize, apple of my eye Dream catcher in the eye, set my soul on fire Let it burn with desire for the apple Apple of my eye, my heart's on the line, let it roll, let it ride, got my mind on the prize, apple of my eye. Well, I'm not a man of faith, but I'm a faithful man, so take my heart if you take my hand, I don't need a lot of things to make life feel grand, hey, take my heart if you take my hand, yeah, I'm not a man of faith, but I'm a faithful man, so take my heart if you take my hand, I don't need a lot of things to make life feel grand, hey, take my heart if you take my hand. I, and I'm glad you brought up the production because that's one of the things that I thought really stood out uh, and I guess the mastering as well. And I wanted to ask you about that. So I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. Um, I also think it's really interesting what you were just saying about having to record some of the stuff in the hotel room, which, you know, mm. we hear more and more about stuff like that these days, right? We hear more and more about the, uh, the home production values that have increased again because of technology. You can record just about anywhere these days. Oh, absolutely, man. Like I, I've been doing Zooms on the res, uh, recording concerts for, for people and I'm using just a Zoom recorder and mm-hmm. my iPhone and I mixed, I edit them together and mm-hmm. I'm getting, I'm getting sometimes better sounds than I was, re- that I was getting in the, some of the studios that I've, I've used recently. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think it, it, you know, it really boils down to like, um, just having a really good microphone, having good microphones, yeah, having sure. good, uh, a good preamp and mm-hmm. being able to record in, in uh, you know, like a higher bit rate if you need to. Yep. Uh, so you can, you won't really distort, you know, and then you could bring it down to a lower bit rate when you're, when you're mixing, if you're wishing to send it to uh, mastering and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, the, the technology is like, it's, you don't really need a whole lot. And I, and, and when I first started, I didn't have a whole lot. I had a, a secondhand computer. I used bootleg, uh, right software yeah i had a, a 200 dollars mic and a 150 dollars preamp yeah and that's how i started my career in music you know yeah. so like i don't really need the big fancy studio those are mostly for show i think yeah. that doesn't yeah. really you can you can be in that place but if there's no magic in there then nothing gonna happen you're listening to moment of truth i'm your host david moses 
My guest here on the show is Leonard Sumner. We're talking to him about his music, and you are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And and I guess that's the thing about music, isn't it? The the magic. Ultimately, it's the magic that comes out of the, either the song, the songwriting, the, the, the performance itself. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it, it's the studio that's going to do that for you. In the studio, you can feel uncomfortable mm. because it's a new space. It's It feels weird. You're mm. paying to be there. Yeah. So you're under the gun of right. like all of these different things. Yeah. And so sometimes it's not the most comforting place, actually. Mm. You know, it's the best space for, for having a band if you really want really clean sounds. Mm-hmm. But you can do that in a basement as well. Sure. You know, I used to read magazines on production and some of the, your favorite hip hop artists and my favorite hip hop artists, you know, they were recording in someone's basement with a mattress on the wall yep. or in somebody's washroom, you know, yeah, like right. where, where there was lots of reverb, natural reverb. Yeah. And so, but it, it was the performance that like, and the hunger out of there, yeah. you know, like yeah. you can, you can, you can get a great performance no matter where you are, as long as you, you know, you got a decent mic and, and a good way to record. Right. And honestly, I have a friend that lives up in Moose Factory and he, what he says to me is he loves a dirty recording. He <laughs> likes to hear, you know, like little hiss and pops mm. and, and people often these days even are paying big money to record on yes. tape. That's right. Which, you know, sometimes has those little uh, imperfections. Yeah. And uh, and human error, and then yep. there's less computer uh, perfection of yeah. rhythm and everything. There's just yep. a little bit of of, of space that yeah. uh, that a machine doesn't really know how to. The algorithm hasn't yeah. figured it out yet. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's a warmth on tape that uh, people talk about as well. Absolutely, everything that you record now it's running through some sort of uh, uh, an app to make it to make it uh, analog, you know, like mm-hmm. everything you record digitally, they're yeah. trying to make it sound analog. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Now you mentioned poetry uh, and I'm wondering what came first. Did, did the music evolve first or did your poetry evolve first for you? I think the poetry uh, evolved first. What I've always read was that uh, rap is an acronym for rhythm and poetry. Mm. And so that's what I applied. And, you know, I was writing, I learned how to write poetry when I was in like grade nine and grade 10 and I was really listening to a lot of Tupac and stuff like that. And he wrote a lot of poems. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I'll write some poems here and there. So I have, uh, I still have some somewhere stored in a box somewhere, some old poems that I wrote. And mm. I think that came first and the music came second because uh, the, the poetry is the expression of what you want to say. And then the music is a refinement of mm. that, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, have you, do you find sometimes though that, that, Po- that the, some of the poetry you write is best left on its own. It, you know, it stands out better without anything behind it. Or, or do you find that it's always better to to you know evolve that and put music into it? Um, uh, I have done. I have recorded some spoken word stuff, mm-hmm. and I do feel like sometimes it's stronger just on its own mm-hmm. because the the music can kind of maybe distract, mm. maybe distract from the message that I'm saying and right. not allow complete focus to the lyrics that right. I, I spend so much time writing and, yeah. and yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like, I think the, the place it comes uh, together the best for me is on stage because I can kind of transition in between songs, in between music. I can put a poem into there mm. and it, it has a natural rhythm and it's a part of the right. show. Yeah. And, and, and when you're recording, like I said, sometimes it's not, it's not the best atmosphere. You're sitting in this quiet room 
and there's there's no energy around everything is is their sound absorption so you don't mm-hmm. really feel your own words bouncing off of things right. and coming back and you don't feel that right there's no energy from people it's somebody sitting across a little mirror uh, or a little glass window mm-hmm. and they're trying to focus on levels and stuff yeah. like that so right. i feel like sometimes the best place for the poetry is in the live uh, the live atmosphere and i haven't really ever been able to capture the poetry, the way that I feel like it deserves to be captured mm. um, onto a recording, if that makes any sense. It sounds to me like there's a, a live album uh, in the mix there for you in the future, then, if that's where you think it uh, can best be captured, right? Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't like to listen to myself, and that's part of the reason why I never did a, a mm. live album. Like I have, I have a, several concerts that mm. were given to me from... Uh, performances I've done in Australia and BC and Manitoba. And I never go back to listen to them because I'm too self-conscious about, uh, I'm mm. too, I'm very judgmental right. for myself. Yep. Uh, if I make a mistake or sure. if I do something wrong, or if I say a wrong word, I'm right. I start to focus on the negativity for right. some reason. Yep. I don't like that. I do that, but yep. that's just how my brain works. It's part of being human. Absolutely. <laughs> we all mess up that's for sure don't we all know that but uh you know and again that's part of the live performance you know sometimes people enjoy that more because it shows that you're not perfect right because it shows that hey man that that's that's it's what you get it's what you pay for it's part of that live uh who knows what's going to happen mm-hmm yeah and sometimes those are the most memorable moments i remember yeah. i was playing a festival in vancouver island Island Music Fest, and uh, I was about to start the second verse of the song Best of Me, mm-hmm. and the lyrics just jumped out of my head. They just weren't in my body, <laughs> and I had to stop. Right. And <laughs> there was, you know, there's a thousand people in this barn, right. and like, they're kind of like waiting for you to start the next part, and yep. it was a workshop, so there's three other musicians on stage that are kind of like, oh, is the song right. done, or is right. it still going? Right. And, and then I'm like, oh, man, and I started again. And then I, I forget the lyrics again. And then I'm like, oh, man. But then it just happened. The lyrics came back to me in that moment. Mm. And I remembered the, the second verse completely. And I delivered it probably as best as I've ever done it live. Mm. And then that way, the whole crowd was on my side. And went, at the end of that verse, everybody was standing and like <laughs> clapping and screaming because they felt like they were a part of, they were on my side and, you know, they helped me help push me over that hill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it yeah. was a, a very, a moment that happened probably eight years ago and I can remember it like it was yesterday. And that came from a mistake, Yeah, you know? And like, that's the thing about live music is you never, in live, live shows, like that's what I miss most about this pandemic is the only place a career in music ever made sense to me was on stage. And uh, now that I haven't been able to perform anywhere, I I feel like I'm going to have to relearn how to be a live performer again. Mm. Well, you and and maybe a lot of other people, but things are starting to open up a little bit more now. We're seeing some light now. Uh, I guess you're very much looking forward to that time. Yeah, I have two gigs booked for this summer. Um, Paying close attention to the Delta variant, mm-hmm. I've been uh, vaccinated with both of my my shots from mm-hmm. Pfizer as, as mm-hmm. well as my wife. Yep. And so we're being very uh, cautious because we have the baby and you yeah. know we want to be there for her. Sure. And we don't want to get anybody else sick. You know, right. if we get sick and 
you know, that's that's not fair to anybody else. I yeah. felt like we were being punished for some people's actions uh, and selfishness because we stayed home with our baby for a very long time and didn't see anybody. Mm. And then I'd go get groceries. Uh, uh, we'd get pickup for groceries. Mm. So they bring out the, the groceries for you. And then yeah. there'd be there'd be a hundred people in line. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to stay home? Don't you know that they offer services that you don't have to go in? Mm. And then you'd see people going out and doing this, traveling. They never shut down one airport during this whole thing. Mm. And so I think if they were really serious about uh, ending this COVID-19, they could have done it in 2020 if they would have just shut down some airports for a month. And so I felt very frustrated and very punished by other people's actions because mm. we were doing everything that the doctors and the scientists had been suggesting from the very beginning. Mm. All right. Time for a short pause here on Moment of Truth and Element FM, but don't go away because we will be right back with more Leonard Sumner right after this. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth on Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest on the show is Leonard Sumner. He is the SOCAN Foundation Indigenous Songwriter of the Year Award recipient. So it's a pleasure to have Leonard on the show talking about his music. Yeah. So now with the the announcement that you won the SOCAN Foundation uh, Indigenous Songwriter of the Year Award, how did that make you feel? It made me feel excellent and, and grand and, and awesome in January when I found out. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I guess this pandemic had delayed the, the right. announcement until Jan- until June. So I had been sitting on this information for oh, about wow. six months and it kind of uh, a little bit, you know what I mean? Like if you know something for six months, it doesn't really oh. feel like too special. Yeah. Uh, after that, you know sure, what I mean? But sure. it's the, at the moment when I found out, I, I didn't believe it. You know, mm. I got a phone call from Toronto from a random number mm. and they were like, is this Leonard? And I was like, yes. And they were like, <laughs> oh, congratulations. You're the winner. And I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. That's great news. Right. And, you know, especially in, in this time, there wasn't a lot of gigs happening. So mm. the money actually really helped out a lot. Right. And uh, it was funny because the day that they announced the, that I won the $10,000. It comes with a $10,000 award, mm-hmm. which is very helpful. Sure. I actually bought a scratch ticket. I was out on the reserve <laughs> helping my dad. My dad had a heart attack two weeks ago and he had two stents put in. And so I went out to the reserve to help him out for, you know, his beginning of his recovery. So I was away from my family for the first time ever for more than a day. Mm. And uh, I was out there helping and I said, you know, I'm going to buy some scratch tickets. And I bought a a $50 package of, of scratch tickets. There's wow. like 10 tickets in there hmm. and ended up winning $10,000 on one of those scratch tickets. You did. So it kind of felt like, it's <laughs> kind of felt like I won the award over again when I got that. <laughs> That's great. So that, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, but other than that, man, you know, I'm sure the field was very strong for people who entered mm. their names into that, uh, sure. into the, and the nominations. Right. And I feel very blessed that I was, uh, I was, uh, considered and that I did win the award, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, like I, I've, I've done this myself for a very long time. Uh, there was brief periods where I had a manager and I had a booking agent and stuff like that, but it never really 
brought me to a higher level. Mm. And so I always just done it by myself. So right. everything I do is, is, you know, is from me. It's wow. I make this, I make the decisions in every aspect of my career. And I, I think I might try to, to bring a booking agent and a manager maybe into the, into the mix in this mm. next year, because right. I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of answering emails, to be quite honest. Uh, it's, I find I don't know how emails became such an anxious thing, right. but uh, I, it kind of takes away from my my everyday happiness to be yeah. thinking about oh I have to respond to this email. I hear you. So uh, I think I, I might try to uh, maybe include somebody that can do uh, some uh, booking for me and some management because uh, I want to start to focus more on my family and then mm. more on the music as well right. and less on logistics and answering yeah. emails. Yeah, I hear you. Well, you shouldn't have any problem, I don't think, finding someone to represent you in those areas, uh, considering... You would think, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a hard-headed guy and, and I know <laughs> what I'm worth. So, like, you know, it's hard for me to 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 work with people sometimes because they think, well, if they they want to know, they know mm. the business better mm. than me. Right. My business is me. Yeah. So there's nobody that can know my business better than me. So I'm very, I'm not very easy to work with when it comes to that kind of stuff, because I'm a little bit of a hard headed guy, but uh, definitely I'm opening my mind up to the idea of it because I am getting fatigued from uh, doing everything by myself. Well, Leonard, I think what you're pointing out is just that, like you said, that you are your business and you know yourself and what you're looking for, uh, for, for yourself better than anyone else. And, and it's great to hear you say that you're standing up for yourself. Maybe that might influence some other people that, you know, I think that sometimes young uh, artists coming up that get on this, this, uh, this road uh, tend to hand over the, the reins, you know, to people outside and, and, you know, it's not necessarily the best thing for them. So to hear you saying that you're standing up and you're, you're, you want that control and you're being sort of hard-headed about it, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I just think it's a matter of finding the right fit, right? With someone that is understanding where you're coming from and willing to work with you um, and and is professional about it, right? That's all it comes down to. Absolutely. But the thing is, it's very difficult to, to get that in this industry because yeah. this industry has rigid uh, borders set up and uh, it's it's very colonial. It is. Uh, it you is. Know, it's like you have to have a business. You have yep. to have this. You have to give them your numbers. You have to give them their statistics. You have yep. to tell them how much you sold. They want a percentage of this if you mm. sold that. And like the 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 system is very colonial in, in its structure, and uh, and that's not kind of how I operate. You know, mm -hmm. like uh, I've I, I've made CDs and I've I've got I was sometimes I go out to a res gig and then uh, I've I've done this in this in one place particular where. First time I went there, I tried to sell CDs because I needed a little bit of extra money. Mm -hmm. And I sold maybe like three or four CDs, but people really enjoyed the show. Mm -hmm. And then I was invited back to that community the next year. And I said to myself, you know what? People seem to be having a good time at the show. They seem to be listening and paying attention. I said, if anybody wants a CD, come and see me in the exact same community. And I was giving out CDs for an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like giving them away. It, yeah. was, it wasn't that I couldn't... It, that, that they didn't want it to right. that they didn't have money to buy it right and so you know like how do i tell that these funders that that want every single uh copy of the album mm -hmm. uh accounted for yep. that oh i gave away a hundred of them right you know what i mean like it doesn't make yeah. sense to them and because yeah. it's all that's all it comes down to is numbers and and, and dollars and cents to them and i work from the heart man yeah. i work from the grassroots that's where i'm from 
And so, you know, I don't really necessarily uh, function in that dysfunctional system that they've set up to, to distribute art. You know, I think that you'll probably be able to find a, a niche organization, uh, you know, or some other indigenous person or organization out there that works within the industry that, that is able to work with and align with those uh, same principles that you operate on. There's got to be. In this day and age, man, there's got to be something out there, right? I'm sure there, I'm sure there, it's starting. Yeah. I believe that somebody's out there starting that work. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I am too at the same time as yeah. that's the other thing is like, if you're, if you're happy with what you do, then like you're being successful. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it, it is stressful to like think about emails or, or miss deadlines and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the same time, you also have to think about your, your happiness, you know, and just be okay with not getting some of those deadlines because this, this industry of music, which is what I'm a participant in, whether mm. I'm willingly or not, mm. I'm, I am a part of this industry mm. and, you know, I kind of have to, you kind of have to keep adding to your resume every year in order to get uh, booked, it seems, you yeah, know, and then, yeah, yeah. otherwise you become uh, obsolete for whatever reason. Meanwhile, the, the same stories and the same songs just have, have just as much meaning as they did five years ago, 10 years ago. And the new, so, the new song, songs have just as much connection with people now. Mm. But if you're not out there like saying, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. This is all the stuff that I'm doing, like putting it on social media. Mm. It's like I didn't I didn't get into music to be a uh, social media that didn't even <laughs> right. exist when right. I got into music. Yeah, yeah. I, hear <laughs> you know? I got into this to be a musician, not right. a uh, online specialist of uh, photographs or, yeah. or, you know, like, yeah. and I understand it's part of the game now, but, uh, you know, like it is, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm just part of that generation that's a little bit old school, mm. but a little bit new school enough to know what's <laughs> going on still, you know, right. it's an interesting place to be. <laughs> um, going back to you, the, the award that you won, uh, one of the jurors that is in the video that you, that's online about this, of course, uh, Kenny Starr pays some tribute to you and talks about you and your music and uh and you know says that you have the potential to to go wherever you want if you choose right to be an international star basically is what she was saying and she she addressed your your combination i know other people have put some of this together as well you know the the country element but but she said the poetic warrior as well as being aggressive and a little bit of metal and the hip-hop in there would you you do you agree with that that kind of terminology in the way that she described you uh i think i think i would agree with most of it i think uh, there's been a balance in my in my career to allow vulnerability mm. and empowerment through vulnerability mm. um because i do I do say sometimes aggressively things aggressively that need to be said aggressively mm. because that's an emotion that we all have for a reason. You know, we're always told that, you know, to not be angry or to not, you know, or to get over this or to get over that. But I've used anger a lot in, in my art mm. and uh, it's definitely given to us for a reason. I don't think we would have anger if, if, it, was, if it was an unnecessary emotion. Mm. Uh, and so I, I allow also my vulnerability through like stories of heartbreak and things like that, because mm. I feel like it's been a dangerous narrative that um, indigenous men, especially are stoic, mm. which uh, means unemotional, mm -hmm. an unemotional being that doesn't care either way of what happens. And when we are very highly emotional beings mm. and, uh, you know, 
I, I want people to to feel okay to express their express their emotions, mm-hmm. um, especially that that's why I show my vulnerability and why I show my anger in my music because I am all of those things, mm. you know. And I'm also pretty peaceful. I'm pretty calm, right. you know. But when I have to defend myself, you know, like if I ever have to defend myself, I feel you know fairly capable in doing that, and mm. you know, and being able to say that with the music is yeah. uh, definitely how I want to approach, you know, I want, I want the person that steps on stage to be the same person that is walking around off stage. Mm. And that's just a very honest representation of who I am. And that was kind of the meaning behind the album standing in the light as well. You know, like Mm. it has that, uh, that uh, honesty to be honest and open in the Mm. light in front of everybody. Right. Whether that admits means admitting your faults too. You're listening to moment of truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest here on the show is Leonard Sumner, and you are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That anger that you're talking about, um, of course, what a great way to express anger, if you know, through through song, by getting it out there and and utilizing uh, words and music to express that, uh, rather than in another uh, violent form, right? Absolutely, man. Like, there's many different ways you can do it. You can do it through uh, martial arts. You can mm. do it through hunting. You could do it through meditation. Mm-hmm absolutely every way to express your emotions the, the worst thing to do is to keep them bottled up because mm. that's when they're gonna uh, they're gonna explode eventually right you know and that's when you have an incident you know and yeah. mostly for me it's in traffic <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you driving. and a lot of other people <laughs> if i'm driving most of my teachings go out the window <laughs> yeah, yeah well, but, something uh, about yeah, traffic you know, like, something about traffic does that to us right <laughs> Yeah, you know why? It's because we're in fight or flight mode when yes. we're in traffic, right? And I guess I'm more of a fight mode if stuff yeah. happens. Uh, I don't you. really want to be like that because I'm older now, man. I'm 37. I'm, I'm yeah. not a young man in his yeah. prime anymore. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, the other st- song that we play here on the station, uh, Morningstar uh, from uh, uh, Thunderbird as well. Uh, what can you tell us about that song? Uh, that song actually originated... Uh, from a demo that I recorded uh, with Wab Canoe, actually, oh, yeah? when he was, oh. I recorded the, the demo version in his uh, in his house when he used to live on McDermott mm. here in Winnipeg. It was a song originally called Your Light. Mm. And I wrote that when I was living in uh, a hotel room when my community was flooded. Mm. And it was, I kind of wanted to, to speak about the issues that are plaguing Indigenous communities and do it from a place of honesty and, and the way I seen it. Mm. And, you know, and then, they're they're not really they're not based off of anyone in particular but they're based off the experience of many people that i know right and the first uh story is about a young girl you know that uh, that doesn't make it off the streets mm. and the, the honesty of that as well the mm. second story is about uh, a young person in cfs who eventually commits suicide mm. which is uh often you know like I know I know people that have done that. Mm-hmm. And the third story was about Tabasanakwiti Bun, that was uh, Wabanakwit's dad, told us a story about a young man who ran away from residential school, but when he made it home, he got sent back because his parents were afraid that they were going to be sent to jail, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. and so all of those 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 stories are are things that have been shared with me. And uh, you know, the it's about mourning, and that's why I called it Morning Star with a mm. U M O U 
R N I N G Morning Star. Right. Because you know, when you hear the word Morning Star, it sounds like a beautiful thing. Yes. But also, like in in this context, I'm using it as a grieving something mm-hmm. for grieving. Right. The constant grieving right. almost that we face within as being an Indigenous people in Canada and North America, mm. and so th- to tell those stories uh, from a truthful place. I feel like was very important for me, especially at that time, because this was a re-recording and mm. I always allow my song space to grow. And so from the original re- recording, I used to say light a candle, which is like a very, a very like a uh, Christianized way of yeah. uh, mourning for people to right. light a candle. Yeah. But in the, the new album version of morning star, I say light the fire mm-hmm. and that's to help the, the spirit on the journey home. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's the significance for me is like I I I that song wasn't released in that time in 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 the way it was before maybe because it really wasn't ready. But at this point in life I understood enough to change the nuances and when I tried to rap it I was uh I had learned enough because the very the demo version is very aggressive and very hard and very uh hard hitting. Mm. But I learned that now that's not how I want to get this message across. Mm. I need to do this a little with a little bit more gentleness. Mm. And that you'll you'll see the verses. They, although they're saying speaking of very things that make you can make you angry or emotional or sad, mm. they're kind of done in a more a gentle way. Mm. And I wasn't able to record on the particular beat that we used for this track. I was trying to record it the aggressive way, mm. and I said, you know what? I need to take a step back. And I, 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 I de- delivered in a different cadence. Mm. And that's when this song really started to feel mm. like, okay, this feels right. <laughs> and so, you know, it was, a, it was a journey for this song to, to, to find its way to an album because I had wrote it, like I said, about 10 years ago. And the, the thing is, like, unfortunately, I always thought that these lyrics eventually would, would uh, not be relevant. That mm. was my hope is to someday that these uh, the lyrics that I'm writing, right. they won't be relevant in my time. Yeah. But they seem just as relevant now as mm. they have been, uh, mm. as even even back then, mm. and that I feel like that's unfortunate because I, I do want Indigenous people to to not have to carry our trauma, uh, and 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 trauma bond for the rest of of my existence. I yeah. want I want us to be able to exist and 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 bond through happiness and through ceremony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And through our languages and, and our culture yeah. and not through grieving. But yeah. right now we seem to be, like I said, in that constant state of grieving. And hopefully, like I've get messages from people that say that the music helps them through their grief. And so now that the music is out there, it's able to reach people. It's doing its job. Uh, hopefully within my lifetime, I'll be able to see uh, our people um, not have to uh, continuously explain our traumas to everybody else. Mm. She was just a young girl looking for a good time Running with the wrong crew, caught up in the hood Like bought into the gimmicks at the video sale But those directors want you to limit yourself And it must hurt to not know your worth Another misguided youth feeling less than dirt Not knowing that a rose can arise from there It may take a little time to find diamonds Where in your soul, not on the soles of your shoes If your heart is a gem, it shines brighter than jewels I know it's hard to follow rules when they're stacked against you When you're caught in a trap and see no potential But she started to see it in, started believing in Started today she would slaughter her demons But she got caught Sipping, getting on the right track Cause the streets have a funny way of pulling you back Light the fire for the moment of these taken lives Gone to the spirit world The dancing with the northern lights Got 
Inside, he was taken with him to the grave. If he had to, it was sacred to him. In the air, was a hymn? Was it more of a chant? Heartbeat was a drum. It was pumping so fast. Feel the rush of the travel beneath him. No saddle, the dust it did fly. If he crushed through the gravel, destination was known. Guided by stars and the moon was his light. He would get the bow down. He traveled alone with a song in his heart. He was strong, but the beatings had torn him apart. He thought in his mind that they'd known from the start. His parents would never have let him depart. They were saving his soul, healing his spirit when he made it to home. He begged and he pleaded to not send him back. It was not what he needed they were so broken down lost and defeated they did no better but sent them to school residentially murdered for breaking the rules speaking his tongue they would call him a savage he was beaten for days besides bibles they brandished one morning he vanished like dust in the wind unmarked was his grave and beside him were friends other thing about the the um, video that went along with your award is that you uh, you did some unplugged songs there uh, following that um, introduction. Uh, uh, Just Us was one of the songs you started with, and I guess you did what about three or four songs on there, right? And people can go online and watch that. Yeah, you can you can see the the performance on the Indigenous Music Awards uh, website, and I believe so can. Yeah, uh, has it? I mean, on their Facebook page. Yeah, I haven't watched it myself because, mm. like I said, I have a hard time watching myself. <laughs> right, I remember saying that. But it was really nice to hear you perform those unplugged songs. Uh, they came across wonderfully, and and they sounded great. I've been finding a really good song sound. I bought uh, two new microphones, mm. and uh, some of the live concerts that I have coming up uh, are I feel like are going to sound really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm kind of I'm I'm thinking that maybe eventually I'll record that acoustic just me and my guitar mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. because that's what uh, people really love from me. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's a very like I said, it's a very it's a it's very raw just to be you and your guitar. Yeah. 
but uh, I, I like to add a little bit of a uh, character with bass and drums and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes in the next uh, year or so. I'm working on a, I have uh, three projects that I want to get done. I have a country album that I want to do. Most mm -hmm. of the songs are written and arranged. Great. I have a, a mix kind of like my first album, which was country hip hop. I have about four or five songs that I have recorded or not recorded that I have written mm -hmm. that I want to record and produce. And then I have another kind of a more country EP that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And most of the songs are written. They just need to be recorded. I need to find a good producer. Mm -hmm. And that's been difficult for me because uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't understand the, the, the structure. So I can't really tell a producer what I want mm. or what key or, you know, because mm. I do it all just from here yeah. and uh, knowing a handful of chords. Right. And so if I, I say, I want this, it's hard for me to explain that to a producer, you know? Okay. Well, um, so like I haven't really found the right producer yet for the, these, these new projects. And uh, I'm working on recording some demos with a good friend of mine named Matt Foster. Mm. And uh, we're going to see if we can uh, get this country album recorded and uh yeah because i want to i want to i want to do my country stuff now i did my hip-hop right i feel like i got that out of my system and it it uh eased up some of the log jam of creativity <laughs> that i'd been um you know mm. sometimes you can't really write if you're if you if you're not experiencing if you don't have all your other stories out there they're kind of just circulating within you you don't have room for new ones <laughs> and so right. in this in this pandemic like i feel like that's also been a, an issue is not being able to to find a creative uh, process because all I'm doing is mostly sitting at home, mm, you know, and right. it's beautiful to sit with my baby, but of course, uh, you know, like it's, it's also difficult because like I'm, I'm naturally a storyteller yeah. and uh, what I base my career on is a quote that I read about 15 years ago that said, how vain is it to sit down and write when you've not stood up to live? And, you know, like that's kind of how I feel about where I'm at right now is I haven't been able to stand up to live as much as I, as I normally have in, in past years. And, uh, and the stories have been kind of not coming as frequently as a result of that. Mm, wow. That's a, that's a good line. I like that. Um, now the other thing, some of those songs that you were just talking about, were any of them the songs that we see in the video that you play unplugged there? Uh, what did I? I don't know what I played, man. I honestly I, don't remember. That, I just, was, <laughs> that was like three months ago. I think I made that video. Yeah, and um, and you you just introduced the one as I as far as I could tell. You just introduced the first song, "Just Us," and and then you just went into playing the rest of them one after the I other. I think so. I played. Uh, I'm not sure if I played a song I wrote called "From the Ashes." Oh yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, I can't remember. Honestly, mm. man, I, yeah. I make those videos, I send them out, and that's the last time I see them. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I haven't really watched back, but uh, some of the, I'm sure some, everything, I, I want to eventually record every song that I've written mm. because I, I'm sick of, uh, of what if I what if I die in a car accident or something? Or what yeah. if I, you know, get hit by a meteor or some shit like that? You know, like yeah. I got to, I, I don't want these songs to just be inside me. I don't want to take <laughs> them with me. I want to leave them for people that me, maybe it'll help them, you know? I hear you. And so like, that's what I, I want to eventually record every song I've ever written and have a place for them. Because it's easier now to have them online. Mm -hmm. uh, because before you had to put everything on a CD and package it and all this and that. Now you make one photo. 
and then you put it oh sounds like babies up uh, <laughs> you, you put it on on one thing and then you put it to the world yeah the world can hear it just from from your home recording or from your you know like yeah. you can put it uh distribute it yourself very easily these days which is i think is a very beautiful thing well leonard whatever you choose to do in the future and whoever you you do eventually find to work with um i i'm sure that well from what you've done already uh, you certainly, something's going right for you. You've had this great success. Congratulations on your award. And certainly congratulations uh, with all the future that you have. Congratulations on your new baby as well. Uh, sounds like you're really enjoying uh, being a father. And that's a wonderful thing as well. Oh, yeah, it's the best hood. As uh, <laughs> one of my friends said, welcome to fatherhood. Yeah. It's the best hood. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, very Absolutely. much agree. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to say uh, Nyao and Chimigwech for joining us on A Moment of Truth because it's been a pleasure speaking with you and we look forward to having you back again in the future at some point. All right, you take care, Leonard, and thanks again. Thank you. You bet. That's Leonard Sumner. He is an Anishinaabe singer-songwriter, now living in Winnipeg, but originally from the little Saskatchewan First Nation in Manitoba. He's also the recipient of the SOCAN Foundation Indigenous Songwriter of the Year Award. I'm your host, David Moses. Thanks for listening to Moment of Truth. We'll see you again tomorrow. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.